Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. the case in america but not in somewhere like turkey or india like those flavors are too much for most palates <coughs> what's in it what's a turkey palate i don't know so what's much. a turkey dish i don't know about turkish food but i know about turkish coffee it's strong it's like a punch you in the face and then in the nuts. Yeah. And then in the face again <laughs> kind of situation. Yeah, it goes hard. Yeah. It's a tiny cup, right? It's a tiny cup that's mostly grounds with a little bit of liquid that's just like the most intense coffee you've ever had. And then it's sweet and minty and black. It's But you're, it's grounds? Like you're swallowing the grounds? The one that I had the first time, I sipped like the top inch of liquid and then the rest was all grounds. Yeah. And you're supposed to eat the grounds? No, I don't think so. I think you kind of strain them through your teeth, though. Like oh. the way my dad used to do with tea. He would serve tea with like loose leaves in it, and you kind of had to just chew and swallow or strain them out. That's what teeth are for, Mike. It's like a whale with baleen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want my teeth to be colanders. I want my teeth to be colander free. Okay. I want my teeth to do chomping and mashing, mm-hmm. but I don't want them to do sucking and straining. Hard. Do you know what I mean? Sure. I think that's fair. Yeah. That's what, like, because then you got to floss more than once a day. Yeah. I don't know. There's a problem with that. That weed hit me hard. (laughs) I'm high. What is it? It's Cookie Dog from Oregon. Oh, hold on. What is it? I don't know. It's delicious. Yeah, but like, what's the, what's the measurement of it? It's, um, 29% tea. HC. <laughs> I think you were going to say 29% tea. <laughs> Suck it through your teeth. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, and that's as far as I got. Nice. I don't feel like reading. It's tasty. Yeah, Oregon's the shit. Uh, Pintail Gardens Cookie Dog. Nice. I love it. It's really good. Yeah. Um, Man, I don't know. This whole thing's a mess. I'm distracted. Can we just call out that we're sitting in my apartment recording on sunday march 15th sunday march 15th the coronavirus is officially canceling all of us or making it difficult to live Mm -hmm. and uh i don't know how i feel right now yeah i just need i know i'm i'll be happy and i'll do hot bits and it'll be fun i just don't know how i feel right now yeah yeah how do you feel right now uh i have a knot Right under my sternum. That's your belly button. No, not the knot that is in my flesh. I have like a psychic knot. A psychic knot? A tangled up psychic knot. A Jean Grey knot? A spiritual knot. A spiritual knot? It's my chakra. Your chakra is knotted. Yeah, it's all knotted up. Word. I get that. Mm -hmm. I have a knotted chakra. That's a lot to think about right now. I mean, it's just where, that's where my anxiety is always manifested. You know, some people feel it in their heart. Some people feel it like in their throat. Some people feel it in their head. I've always felt it in my, what I call my hamster wheel. (laughs) (laughs) I picture a little anxiety hamster running around. Did you have hamsters as a kid? I did. I had two, radar and biscuit. Did they have a wheel? Oh, they they were good at it too. Yeah, they ran on that thing, right? Yeah. All fucking night long. All night long. You'd go to bed, they'd run. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my anxiety. 
anxiety hamster lives <laughs> right below my breastbone on an anxiety wheel. And when shit gets crazy, he jumps on that wheel and he runs. Yep. Yeah. He doesn't get off to drink any water or anything. No, he just runs. Yep. Without going anywhere. That sounds Correct. like anxiety. Yep. <laughs> it's a so, great metaphor for anxiety. Anxiety hamster dialed up to 10. Uh-huh. Uh, the weed is helping. What color hamster are you picturing? Uh, Like blonde with white splotches. Uh-huh. Because my hamster, Boston, that was the one. Boston its name was, was Boston? Yeah, Boston Coca-Cola. No, I'm sorry. No, no, <laughs> that's wait. A, wait, that's the name of a billion. No, no, no. It was, what an amazing name. I got it wrong. That was Boston Apricot Milkshake, and then I had Paprika Coca-Cola. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, and Boston was awesome because uh, Boston would run around in a hamster ball uh-huh. and, like, you know, go downstairs in that thing, and it was just, like, intrepid and fearless and wonderful. And then sometimes we would just let Boston run around, and um, I'm not sure if – I feel like it was maybe a boy – but anyway, we would let Boston um, run around the living room and he would go up my dad. My dad would point his toes and he would run up his slippers and then up his knees and then up his legs and then up to his like chest and he would like hang out my dad's beard. That's so fucking cool. We kind of had a wild house, yeah. Damn, yeah. but he was also like, he trusted your dad to like, he climbed on top of him and put his little hamster asshole on his chest. Yeah, Wow. it was great. Boston Coca-Cola. Boston apricot milkshake. <laughs> and paprika coca-cola paprika coca-cola i have a very different image in my head of who that is yeah paprika coca-cola is like sings on a piano at night in some chicago bar during al capone days oh sure you know if like you did that if you did did you ever see the movie the dum-dums with steve carell and zach galifianakis i did not i can't remember what it was really called but it was about dumb people at dinner and steve oh, carell dinner, made dinner with jerks or something schmucks Schmuck. there yeah. you go yeah <laughs> But it was dinner with jerks. It was dinner with jerks and dum-dums. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Steve Carell made those hamster uh, dioramas. Oh. And so I'm picturing Paprika Coca-Cola in her little hamster gown, leaning longly on a piano, singing. Puffing on a little (laughs) hamster-sized joint. Yeah. What were Radar and Biscuit up to? Well, Radar and Biscuit, I got them because I was doing a science experiment for school. And they both wanted to um, die as fast as possible. They were not long for this earth. But the science experiment got me uh, first place. And so, you know, what are you going to do for science? Um, But what do you mean you got them for science and then they died because they were supposed to die or because you were supposed to, like, have them and then... Oh, that's such a fucked up sixth grade science experiment where it's like, how long will these hamsters live through these... (laughs) Terrible conditions. <laughs> not and then, too long. Not too long. First place. Very nice. We, we'll use this information. Yeah. No, I don't have cruelty to animal feelings. No, I, I know you don't. Okay, good. You're very uh, tender um, toward all creatures. I uh, I built a maze out of wood, and it was a huge maze. Like, it was, um, I don't know, four by four? Oh, yeah. Something like that. A big boy. And I saw, because I had to get two of them, and I saw how fast they got through the maze while I played different music because I wanted to see if heavy metal, the way it got me amped up, would get a hamster amped up and like want it to find its way through the maze faster or not. Wow. The shit we do. (laughs) I don't know. What are you going to do? I can't. Yeah. How do you come up with a science experiment in sixth grade? That just makes me think of the fucking marble racing. Oh my God. Yeah. Yo. Listen, world, if you don't know about this, 
you, t- you, you told me about it. this and you made me feel better today. You fucking need it. You're like, shit's fucked up. Wow. Look amazing. at this thing. <laughs> Who knew mazes have always been such a big part of my life? That's so funny. I love a good maze. Um, marble racing is like a maze for your mind. You've got to watch it on YouTube. Let me pull it up. Um, the, yeah? It's one. You know what? It's one place. It's one dude. One guy. Oh, I don't know if it's a dude. I shouldn't say that. I need to do a deep dive into who this fucking person is. Um, but there, it's Jelly's Marble Runs, 600,000 subscribers, 152 videos. So if you are quarantined right now and looking for something fun to do with pals, shit, you can bet pretzel sticks on who's going to win a marble <laughs> race. Everything's fun and harmless. Um, but it's Jelly's Marble Race, J-E-L-L-E apostrophe S. And they've got like Marble Olympics. They've got like sand tracks. They've got dirt tracks. They've got Olympics. Yeah. It's amazing. And the people who watch it are other marbles. So they've got like a whole beautiful setup where if it's an indoor run, there'll be other marbles sitting in the crowd like they're the audience. Oh my God, they're in the stands. Look at them. Marbula one. <laughs> Mar- Marble Olympics qualifiers. This is, it's so great. I mean, you know, when you showed it to me when I came over today and I was feeling like weird, you know, mm-hmm. like we're all feeling weird. Um, you were like, well, look at this. And when one marble overtook another marble and I gasped, you were like, yeah, see, you care. Yeah. Yeah. Like you care about that shit. Fuck yeah, you do. Yeah. I got invested in blue. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's crazy. My mom, when I was a little kid, had a woodworker friend of hers make me a marble thing that was, I don't know if you've ever seen anything like this, but it was two marble towers where you would drop a marble in one tower at the very top and then it would go back and forth between oh, sure. like, you know, yeah. louvered wood pieces on angles or whatever. And you would... And they wouldn't always, like, the first one that you dropped wouldn't be the first one to come out. So you could kind of race them. That's cool. It was cool. See, I love, like, give me a Rube Goldberg machine. Give me a Domino. Yeah. You know, anything where it's, like, cause and react with racing. Oh, fucking, I love it. Marble racing, like, also... It started trending tonight. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know? Because every sport has been canceled. Yeah. Right? Wait, can I look up a little bit and see if Jelly has a Wikipedia? Sure. While we talk more? Jelly, the marble phenomenon. Jelly marble races. Yeah. It's great, too, because there's commentary. I, I mean, just fucking watch it. It's great. Jelly People marble. need something to pay attention to that's run. not the news right now. There is a Wikipedia. Yeah. Yo, okay. okay. Let's hear it. It is a channel run by Jelly Baker and Dion Baker. (laughs) (laughs) Marble nerds. Who are Dutch. Okay. Uh, Oh, well, they've been in the marble sports racing world since 2013. Okay. And do you want to guess anything about them while I read real quick? Okay. Or do you want me to just read it? They're brothers? They're Dutch brothers, did you say? Or Dutch siblings? Uh, <laughs> oh my god there's a lot of info here okay. okay can you just listen to it sure jelly baker was born in 1983 in the netherlands he stated on his old youtube channel that he has a form of autism and said that because he has no occupation making marble machines is one of his biggest hobbies he currently lives in ninja meg ninja megan and shortly after he created his youtube channel greg woods commented on one of the videos and that must be somebody important Oh, and then became the English commentator for the entire series. Oh, yeah. So Greg Woods like reached out, was like, I love this shit. Yo, let me be your commentation. That's so great. Ha ha ha. And then um, he received the Guinness World Record for the longest marble run on May 21st, 2009. 
and then it was broken by somebody else in 2011. But fuck them because they're not even mentioned in this wiki yeah, who page. Yeah, fuck is that? Fuck you. Whatever. Yeah. So he's <laughs> so old boy Jelly's in the Guinness record book. Wow. Um, he has the Marble Olympics, and uh, yeah, fucking yo. Wow. Okay. Well, I cared about his race that you showed me today because they, it was so well set up, so well shot, and the commentary was what really sold it, Hell which yeah. must have been this Greg Woods character because he's like, oh, and Tarantula's in the lead, and look out for Automaton. Automaton's coming up behind, and then, oh, no, it's like so exciting. Automaton, he fell over. He's in the mud. He's in the mud. It was so great <laughs> and surprising because the course is set up to be all exciting, and yeah. Yeah, there's high roads and low roads. Very and exciting. we're describing something that I hope you just pause to this shit and just like go Go and listen. Just go and listen. Listen, watch. Take a look. <laughs> look why did I say listen? You know what you got to go do? Listen to a marble listen race. To a marble race. <laughs> Fuck Smoke me. some weed and go listen to a marble race. It's going to help you take your mind off everything. It's going to be so good. Oh, man. That's a funny idea. Like, I would start playing that as like a DJ. If I was like Zed, oh yeah, you start playing like Marble Race commentary. <laughs> ah, <fucking laughs> comet, love it. it's Comet, it's Comet. <laughs> comet. Yeah. <sighs> what else is happening in your life? Oh man, well everyone's staying at home all the time right now, and yeah. I got uh, shouted out yesterday by Danny Danko uh, for a stay home moment because he was like. Mary Jane introduced me to this fucking stoner movie, and he then he reposted his uh, article about the top ten stoner movies of the eighties. His his top ten, Ooh. and it's such a good list because it's not what you would think of. It's not Cheech and Chong Up in Smoke, followed by Cheech and Chong Up in Smoke Two, followed by Cheech and Chong Up in Smoke Three, it's, followed by Chong and Cheech Up in Smoke. Correct. It's a bunch of fucking awesome movies that I had actually at the time never heard of, and I need to look up that post. But he shouted me out in a tweet saying, um, Mary Jane hipped me to with Nil and I which is one of my all-time favorite movies have you seen it I've heard of the play no it's not a play I've never heard of it <laughs> I took a stab I took it's, a stab it's a fucking incredible movie starring some of the greatest actors of all time fucking Richard E. Grant Paul McGann um uh, oh god I can't remember the guy who plays the uncle but what's anyway, the movie about with Lil and I is about two unemployed actors at the end of the 60s in the swinging 60s in London uh, and they are just like miserable and both of them are trying to get jobs and they end up going to spend a fine ill-advised weekend in a cabin in like the moors of England and they just fuck everything up and they yeah it goes horribly wrong but is it a comedy yeah it's a dark so they go British to a ca- comedy they go so. to a cabin and then three stooges the shit out of it no, ugh. Anyway, I will just anyone who hasn't Don't seen ugh it. Me. Well, no, hang on a second because it's not. You're guessing things while I'm trying to look something up, and I can't just talk oh, about it. Okay, hang on a second. Okay, sorry, I'll shut up. No, no, no it's okay. So the I with, think smoked paprika would sing in it. <laughs> paprika Coca Cola would totally, definitely. <laughs> oh yeah. But there's like basically it's these two unemployed unemployed actors who are like you know 20s and very high on themselves and think they're great but they're unemployed and they're actors so they're fucking you know nightmares and they go to like tea shops and all of these british places in this small town and they're just like rude and terrible but also very fucking funny it's a dark fucking comedy but the scene that danko uh was talking about that i told him about that he loved so much was um oh fuck i'm trying to look everything up and my phone is fucking up right now hang on a second okay i don't know like when did you see this movie when okay, you were here we young- go. oh wait it's yes i saw this movie for the first time when i was like 17 so there's this great scene i'm with nil and i oh no it's gone all the way to the beginning hang on 
Uh, here we go. Wait, I was making fun of myself for listening to Marbles, <laughs> but now I'm going to listen to a movie? You're going to listen to this little tiny clip that Danny Danko shouted me out for introducing him to. Okay. Ingenuity, man. Come up the joint pot. Chalk of smoke? Yes. No thanks, I've got a call to make. What are you going to do with those? The joint I'm about to roll requires a craftsman. It can utilize up to 12 skins. It is called the Camberwell Coat. Impossible to use 12 pages on one joint. Did you hear that? Could you understand any of it? Not a word. <laughs> I was this fucking drug dealer who like they come home and this drug dealer is broken into their apartment and they get him out of bed and they're like, he's like, Do you want to smoke a joint? And then he's like, This joint requires a cross and twelve skins. It's called the Camberwell carrot, and they're like, It's impossible to use fucking twelve papers for a joint. And he's like, I invented it, the Camberwell carrot. Anyway, it's a great fucking scene. But a, with on I is the perfect movie to stay in and watch right now, is what I'm a, saying. And they roll a joint with ten paper twelve papers? Twelve. That's fucking cool. The Camberwell carrot. Are, are the are they twelve long or is it twelve around each other like you would do like a layer cake? It looks like a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> so it's that fucking long. Hell yeah. With the fat, fat, fat and and you see them Helped now. Helps your third eye, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> I feel like we see them now. Like with you know like all of the sort of like stunt rolling and creative rolling we've definitely seen big fucking joints but at the time this was made in the 80s i was like what are you even talking about who has that much weed nobody mine when i roll them they look more like a radish or like a turnip yeah than anything even remotely looking like a good joint i use a uh fucking little roller what do you mean like a little baby girl like a, like, a, you like have, a futurola like you, because oh, I'm crappy. I mean, I can like I can twist up a fatty, of course. You know, like you have yeah. to be able to. It's a good reason to get a son though, or a daughter, or something. Oh, you think I should have children so I can get them to roll my fucking J's for me? <laughs> Maybe. Nah, I'm good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I the future roll is a good move. I'm it not. Is. I just don't. You know. I, I used to be able to roll cigarettes really well because I thought it looked cool because of some other movie. Oh. Um, but with joints too, there's something about crushing up all that bud that it's just like i don't know i do feel nema on that shit it's kind of a bummer to crush up all that bud for shout a out nema cannabiotics yeah it was yeah. so funny when he, we were like what kind of grinder do you use and he was like i don't use a grinder man yeah I break it up by hand <laughs> <laughs> preserve those frosty beautiful trichomes what kind of vegetable would you want to smoke it smoke if there was a like vegetable size something what do you mean i'm not sure yet um like, do i want to make a vegetable into a pipe is what you're talking about? Oh uh, yeah, I feel like if you wanted to smoke out of a vegetable, I could guess which one. Hmm. But also, like, if you could roll a joint that was like shaped like a vegetable, what would that be? Oh, like, um, I'd love to roll like a butternut squash fatty. Ooh, that sounds good. You know? Yeah. Wait, what end are you smoking out of? The thin boy or the long gal? Maybe if you made a butternut squash shaped fucking like big fat blunt, mm-hmm. then you could like put a skinny guy off the end of it and smoke out of the fat end. Like, have you ever seen those like champagne bottle blunts? No. That they make. Oh my God. There was one a, a fucking event that I was at and they handed uh, Rick Ross, uh, fucking Ricky Rose. Yeah. A fucking champagne bottle packed with weed that he smoked on stage. It was nuts. Fucking awesome. Yeah. How would, and, it, and he put his hand on your neck and it made you hot. Kind of. Yeah. He like <laughs> grabbed you by the neck, pretended to choke you and you were like, He didn't pretend to choke me. And this is the thing about that, like that I tried to tell it to the dudes that I was working with at the time. And they were all like, but you're a fucking feminist. How can you think that was hot? What was hot about it was I was waiting for him to write a piece about him for the magazine. 
and he was backstage and he didn't have fucking time for it and he was about to go on stage and so he took my sort of face like the below like the my jaw basically with like part of his hand against my neck and he was like it was like a gentle sort of like I'll talk to you later that was very fucking intimate it wasn't violent or aggressive or choking or anything like that but he did take me by the throat which could be construed with someone you don't know if you say it like that I'd be like yeah like if some guy walked up to me and just grabbed me by the throat I'd you know fucking shank him but this was like a it was a very intimate and sort of like tender thing Mm -hmm. and I think the way that I described it to the dudes that I worked with was like I just got grabbed by the throat by by Rick Ross a fucking yeah Yeah. super famous fucking rapper also instead Rick Ross knew how to knew to like gave an intimate moment with you and you both felt it yeah he grabbed you by the jaw and looked in your eyes and you both were like well he knew his power and I kind of like I was was willing to allow it to happen because it was like you know just a moment in a room full of people where he was like, I'll talk to you later. And I was like, okay. Sounds sexy as hell. And no, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound sexy as hell. It was sexy, yeah. honestly. Yeah. You know, um, And I don't feel bad about saying that. Also, don't ever grab me by the throat, anyone who's listening to this ever. I mean, yeah, unless you know how to do it sexily. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you know how to sexy grab, then I think it's, it's fair. If yeah. you're backstage at a concert and you know how to grab someone intimately you should mm-hmm. be allowed to across the board sure That's if you know them and you have consent <laughs> <laughs> and you've gotten a verbal yes <laughs> yeah like that bo burnham song yeah, yeah exactly totally. oh maybe we can't talk about that yet enthusiastic verbal consent yeah oh man do you want to hear danny danko's list of the best pot scenes in 80s movies oh sure because i don't really yeah that wasn't my like time well history of the world part one which is a Mel Brooks comedy classic. There's a scene called Roman Red, which is one of the best. Uh, then there's... I love that movie. You've seen, Okay, so History you do know. History of the know. World Part 1 is one of my favorite movies of all time. I used to watch the shit out of that once I found it. Man, Mel Brooks could do no wrong. He... Like, I like this list, too, because everybody's quarantined and, like, hopefully cooking up delicious meals. But also, these are the movies that I haven't thought about forever that I want to revisit. Because History of the World Part 1 is so fucking funny. Hell, yes. That's fucking awesome. I would rewatch it with you. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Mel Brooks can do no wrong in my book. Roman Red is the scene. Do you okay. remember it? Roman Red. Mm-hmm. I think they're all smoking a huge joint. I bet. Yeah. The next is The Breakfast Club, where they all get high. Oh. You got to remember that, right? I remember. Yeah, but the movie sucked. That Uh, movie was bad. Oh, it was so big for my fucking whole generation. I don't understand teens dancing and like why that was like liberating. Well, it was the 80s and it was a whole bunch of fucking iconic characters. You know, that those everyone was the archetype of that 80s. There's the jock and the weirdo and the fucking, you know, rebel and the... Yeah. I know. It was an encapsulation of that time. Yeah. When you hadn't been born yet. No. But I just like, yeah, I tried to watch it and I was like, yo, this is not good. Can we watch Austin Powers again? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, do you guys want to watch Jackass as soon as we're done pretending to watch this? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So the rest are, uh, there's a scene in Back to the Future. Never Uh, seen it. What? Never seen it. I know the Nike shoes, they go for like 10 Gs. The Nike Back to the Future shoes are very expensive. That's insane. 10,000 bucks. I mean, this from a person who you just saw your first Meg Ryan movie. Yeah, last night. <laughs> and you she's were like, great. she's so good. And I was like, uh, yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. I had no idea she could do that with her face at all times. Like she yeah. has face control the way I wish I had face control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She can twist a lip and raise an eyebrow really well. Yeah. Flick her lashes down and then up. <laughs> pop those baby blues. God. If you did that, if we didn't know each other and you popped your eyelashes like that, anything oh, yeah. you said after that, I'd be like, okay. Oh yeah. And you then you pair it with like a little um, clavicle touch. 
Jesus Listen, Christ. it's a whole thing. Do girls know when they do that? Oh, like yeah. when they like they look at you and they bite their lip accidentally oh, and then keep God, talking? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. calculated? Oh my God, absolutely. That makes my fucking boxers go. Oh yeah, like, when you do the little... Jesus Christ. I'm and I'm just like, do you yeah. girls look in the mirror and practice? No, you don't practice what? by looking in the mirror. You practice by looking in the faces of the people who think that it's hot. Because you see them swallow hard? And you hard. see their reactions and then you log that for the next time. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Man, a good bite lip and a look up and down and or I'm this? like. Little, little, you just lick the side of your. A little corner, a little corner tongue flick. Oh my God. But it's like you're nervous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've been duped so many times. <laughs> it's not, you're not being duped, but it is, it is intentional. It but is. you're not being duped. It does mean that they want to engage with you on that level. Or they want me to be horny for them. Yeah. Right, which is also like, well, win-win, because yeah. I'm horny, and you got what you wanted by seeing that you were the powerful one. Mm-hmm. Also, okay, I can't be mad at that either. Don't be mad at that. Damn it. But there are so many times. There's it's so what's many called times. feminine wiles that used to be termed that. But it's really just, yeah, it's like a series of behaviors that shows someone that you're interested in them and makes them interested in you. It's Animal Kingdom shit, dude. So when Justin Bieber's on stage and he's grabbing his dick, is Ugh. that good for you? I guess, for some people. Not for but, me. Well, put yourself in a 14-year-old's um, pants. I yes, I was in a fourteen-year-old pants, fourteen-year-old's pants for a long time. The guy that I was most in love with and attracted to at that time had some Bieberesque qualities for sure. Yeah, but at that time, there wasn't a lot of dick touching, especially where I was from. That was considered like heinous and rude. So when I see, especially like now, when I just see guys grabbing their junk, I'm like, that what the like fuck? Blue like face, your, blue face will just put his dick me. on someone's forehead on stage. It's just to me, it's insane. Yeah. I cannot believe that you're touching your cock all the time. And also that like pursed mouth, squinty-eyed, kissy face thing fucking bullshit but the guy that i was in love with when i was 14 had his own version of that yeah. so you know it evolves through time you know who's great at that puss face squinty eye bullshit who? bruce willis and die hard oh yeah that dude he pouts like a motherfucker he, and he is so fucking beautiful he pops into that fucking air conditioner vent and lights a zippo in his front of his face i gasped i'm like <laughs> look at him he's so beautiful look at his eyes look at his face look at his bloody sweaty biceps yes gorgeous 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 yeah I, I'm trying to, you know what I used to wish I had when I was younger because I all the girls were in wild with it. You know how Lil Huddy on TikTok is like the new it boy on the new app that everyone must have and engage with? Yeah. That middle part, if you have long greasy hair in a middle part, I wanted a middle part in my hair so bad growing up because then you can like whip, whip it back and yeah. you can like put your hands through it. Oh man, a middle part. I feel like I would have had so many more girlfriends. Sure, I mean, very few people can pull it off, but that f- it's the flop. Yeah, it's the floppy thing. Like Hugh Grant had it back in the day. Yeah, and then Harry Styles, and now it's Lil Huddy. It's that like floppy. I didn't How is try. It always wet. And it always looks wet, which I'm always jealous of. So much product. <laughs> so much product. Yeah, it's fucking. Yeah, it's I wanted very the middle intentional. part. What did you want? Oh, I think I had everything. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a lot of the things I wanted. I had a cool asymmetrical haircut. Um, I wore a lot of leotards. So I would wear like super tight black dance leotards and then like have like just the top part of my chest exposed and kind of like, you know, really work that. But um, the one thing that I really wanted that I didn't have was like super long skinny legs. Yeah. I wanted those like tall, skinny legs. With my best friend Roz had the thigh gap, like a crane in jeans. Yeah, yeah, and it was so hot. Yeah, and I just watched like sh- she would turn heads walking down the street, and I was always like next to her, going, "Oh yeah, that's my friend. Well, look at me too. I'm wearing this leotard, and I got asymmetrical hair." Uh, yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like the way a flamingo walks. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, long skinny legs is good. I think I wanted like a middle part. I wanted my ears pinned back. Um, there was a time when I went to a plastic surgeon to talk to them about pinning my ears back wow. because my head wasn't big yet. And now I feel like my head grew to my ear size. But when yeah. I was younger, my, my ears were like Alfred E. Newman. And so I went to a plastic surgeon. My parents humored me. They were never going to pay for it. But they were like, if whatever. And they should have just taken me to therapy, but we never did that. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, yeah. And he said that they would cut a slit out of my ear almost like you would um pull like a corner of a piece of paper off mm-hmm. they would just like cut a slit and then sew that sl- that slit that they cut out the two edges together and then make sure that that healed and then if that healed then my ears would be pinned back and that's how they were going to do the surgery that's so fucking crazy and i said well what if it doesn't heal and they spring back out oh my god and he was like, oh, yeah, there is the potential they could do that. And wow. that's when I was like, nope, no way am yeah. I going to do that. Because, like, I've pictured myself, like, having pinback ears, being 14, getting braces, and then all of a sudden my ears, like, spring out, like, springs out of a mattress, and then I have these huge bloody holes while my ears are back where they used to be. Fucking yikes. Right. And then I made it worse because now I've got cuts. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. It was yeah. a lot. That was the last time I thought about plastic surgery, though. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. I'd still get it, but, you know. No, you don't need it. I want it. On your ears? No. Okay. I don't mind my ears anymore. I just covered them in earrings to make them interesting. <laughs> yeah. You know what you do. You work mm-hmm. with what you have, and you build on it instead of topple it down. Totally. Yeah. So I had, like, little antennas and shit like that. Nice. Yeah, and I always pierced to myself, and that was tight. Um, that felt good, too. Uh huh. The but like yeah the other surgery I would want yeah let's hear it I never wanted a the bump out of my nose I feel like I have friends who got that surgery pretty early in their life a bump out of your nose cause yeah I don't I mean your the nose Eastern is... European Jewish bump hmm. that uh, most have like I have some friends who just couldn't deal with it and they got it they got it smoothed out hmm. yeah I'm trying to think what other surgery I would want. I don't know. You don't want any plastic surgery? Oh, I mean, there's a ton that I've thought of. You know, I've thought of breast reduction surgery. I've thought of, um, I guess that's the main one for yeah. sure. Yeah. Does it hurt? Oh, yeah. It's an, it's very intense. And also, like, you know, if you have large breasts, like, I'm pretty, you know, I have, I have big boobs. And I always have, like, since I was a teenager. And um, I've always known that it would be like super involved and invasive. And then there's a potential that you could like lose some, you know, nerve feeling. Cause like you're it, like it circumcising your boobs. I mean, the way they go at it is like, they really go into the whole breast and like kind of move shit around and then tape it back. And yeah, it's, it's a lot. I have a really good friend who just had her breasts taken from like a, like a D to a, like an A plus. Whoa. And that's a lot in a Ziploc. She feels great. But it was very expensive, and it was like four weeks of prep for the surgery and eight weeks of recovery, you know? Yeah. So it's a big fucking commitment. Damn. You know, and I don't have the money. Have you seen it on TLC when they do it, where it's like that magic wand that like they're like Harry Potter jamming into the side of you without much care, reason, or like giving a fuck? Oh, that's lipo. Yeah, that's lipo. Yeah. The wand. Yeah. I had a very good friend who had lipo the day before, uh, or not the day before, but like right before we went to Coney Island when we were living in New York, and we, she had lipo, and I'd like gone to see her afterwards and her recovery, and she was like drinking smoothies and shit, and she felt okay, but we for some reason went to Coney Island and decided to ride the um, 
I can't remember the name of the fucking, it's like a double track wooden roller coaster that's the most terrifying thing in the world. Maybe it's called the monster. It's so scary. Like bolts are flying off. <laughs> and there's a, there's a warning that you shouldn't ride it if you've had recent surgery. And she was like, oh, I think I'm going to be okay. And she hopped on it and um, screamed the whole way. We, I was like, oh, are, are we going to live through this? It was, yeah. She oh was my in God. a lot of pain. Because her boobs are going to rip off. No, no, because the lipo, like her, that wand jamming into all of her soft spots was being like agitated by rocketing up and down this fucking I can relate coaster. to that. I yeah. can totally relate to that if yeah. i'm if i was on the playground when i was younger you know the merry-go-round where mm-hmm. you sit on it and they spin you around or the seesaw yeah both of them made my nuts hurt so much yeah. that i couldn't be on them <laughs> for real like the seesaw made my nuts hurt because of the moving up and down mm-hmm. and the merry-go-round made my nuts hurt because i was spinning side to side yeah yeah I, so i can relate to her like for sure hell yeah damn it's brutal Painful. it's brutal yeah. it's like the inside of you is on fire yeah yeah no good good um, hmm. Do you want to hear some more movies? Sure. <laughs> Nine to five. No, I don't know that one. My either. favorite stoner movie of all time because it's all set out <gasps> into motion with some, like the three women who have the revenge fantasy: Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, and Dolly Parton, smoking a big fat J of Bowie Wowie and like dreaming up a revenge fantasy against their terrible boss. That's awesome. You so have good. brought that up. I'm sorry, I said I don't know that one. Revenge of the Nerds. Mm, I can't watch that. There's a rape scene. Ah, uh, okay. Doesn't hold up. Well, this is like 80s movies from, yeah, from Danko's list. Club Paradise, which I've never seen. I have seen it, and there's a great scene in it. Uh, the movie itself I find to be absolutely abysmal. Right. But, but he's talking about good weed scenes. But the scenes weed scene in it is fucking 80s movies. fire. He's not saying the movies hold up. Yeah. He's like, these are great scenes. Club Paradise, it's Robin Williams, right? Yeah, and yeah. Peter O'Toole, Jimmy Cliff. An incredible cast. Uh, Eugene Levy and Rick Moranis. It should have been the best. Is it Moranis or Moranis? More anus. It is more anus? It's more anus. Rick more anus. Rick more anus. <laughs> cool. Uh-huh. Uh, Platoon. I've never seen it. With uh, Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Who, you know. Possibly raped Corey Feldman? Oh, no. I don't know. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. It's also crazy. All right. But uh, I heard Platoon is fantastic. Platoon is the fucking best. You've never seen Platoon? I've never seen. Although I've seen Deer Hunter. Yeah. And I've seen, uh, what's the other one? Apocalypse Now? Yep. But those are the war movies that I've seen. Yeah. I'd say I, I had, there are many that I have not seen. Platoon hit me when I was like 14, I think it was when I came out. And it... Um, is the score is insanely beautiful and there's a moment that uh i don't i mean it's like spoiler alert like 40 years later or whatever what not 40 years later we, but we won the fake war so yeah no but there's there's a moment when it's willem dafoe he runs out of the jungle and he's like trying to get to a helicopter to be picked up and he's being shot from behind and he it's the whole scene is like insane yeah and the whole scene is so beautifully shot and so fucking terrible and tragic. And there's this music playing that's swelling. Just the whole scene is incredibly done. The secret that I found out about it later that made me love Willem Dafoe so much was that that take, the squibs, which were the blood packs, didn't actually go off. But they kept that take because he was so fucking amazing in it. Wow. Yeah. So you watch him get shot and he does all of the like getting hit and everything. But you don't actually see the blood because he was just acting all of it so beautifully they were like we don't need the special effects not at all mm-hmm. fuck you don't need the spec 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 speculum speculum <laughs> the brain spectacle. speculum you don't need the brain <laughs> yeah, speculum. Yeah. yeah you don't need the spectacle yeah damn that's so cool good enough actor. i watch that yeah now it's... i got two scenes to watch in platoon uh yeah uh also caddyshack yeah right mm. i've never my seen my biggest it. problem okay so my biggest problem with caddyshack i hate that i'm coming like coming for all of danko's 
movies. <laughs> but he's the not saying they're great movies. He's saying they're great scenes. I just feel like every movie that people liked before I was born was like not that funny. Like, or every movie that was around that was like before my movies, like Ace Ventura and Austin Powers and Jackass, like those are really funny. Caddyshack is bad. I would argue with you that all of those movies that you're going to dunk on, like Caddyshack or Blazing Saddles or fucking whatever, were the source material for all the movies that you love. That doesn't mean they're good. That just means somebody used the ideas from them to do something that was good. It means that you don't think they're good because you're an ungrateful millennial. (laughs) And that they... (laughs) actually set you up to be able to make good comedy because they told the jokes first and then you guys just I'm sorry benefited from the next generation no everybody steals from each other there are people screaming right now who love Caddyshack and I know because I used to live with one of them who was always like what are you talking about it's the best movie and I was like I don't want to watch it I think it's boring it's so boring yeah I thought it was boring all of those some people love it the Rodney Dangerfield one where he's going back to school I think it's called back to school (laughs) and he does like the 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 dive off the three boards like all that shit man it was bad Ghostbusters not that good oh come on now it's a no let me take that Back. You're crazy. Not that funny. I'm gonna fucking fight you. Over Great that. movie. Nobody Great movie. cares. Bill Murray's hilarious. What do you? Th- are ta- there is no Zool only. There is no Dana only Zool. Like that shit is fucking seared into my brain as being so cool and yeah. so amazing. It was the first time I'd ever seen like a supernatural thing that was also like wacky. I think I, I think I they broke regret the mold. I said that. Yeah, you're yeah, right. I, I regret I said take that. Take that one back. Take that one back. Walk it back. I get one walk back. Okay, correct. That's it. Damn. But I'm trying to think of the other ones. I don't want to dunk on them. I just feel like the <laughs> things that I saw when I was growing up were better. Sure. Everyone you know? feels like that because it's your generation. It's your childhood. I feel like 80s movies were better. You feel like 90s movies were better. Yeah. Talk to anyone walking around today who's like in their 20s. They'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, idiot? if I showed anybody. Um, I want to hear from people right now Jack- who listen to this. Well, who- Jackass is probably the top three funniest movies of all time. Sure. You think that? Yeah, I, I do not. And someone else who's like listening right now, let us know. 21 year olds. Uh-huh. Do you think Jackass is funny? No, it's tired and stupid. <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, it is. It's tired and stupid and it's a bunch of fucking. Anyone younger than me is wrong and anyone <laughs> older than me is wrong. <laughs> and this is why we have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go like, ahead. Everything's go wrong. Ahead. This is why go everything's ahead. wrong in the world. You gotta do intergenerational hands across time, man. <laughs> the only way to fix anything. We all need to listen to each other and be cool. Oh, man. I feel that. <laughs> um, especially what's, now. What's the funniest movies that have come out in 2000? 20 to, to like 20 to 2010 to 10 to 20. I would say my favorites are mostly like funny horror movies, like The Scream. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Movies. Uh, Drag Me to Hell. Yeah. Those um, are. That is the transition it mm-hmm. took, isn't it? From like slapstick yeah. weird shit to like. And then also a lot of like the you know I mean all the Judd Apatow movies and you know movies like Bridesmaids that kind of stuff you know those are kind of iconic and great the Tina Fey you know Mean Girls yeah that shit you're right you oh know. man yeah hmm so the heyday started in the nineties no the heyday started <laughs> in the, when film began <laughs> when stories began being told that is funny to think about that somebody saw a train coming at them mm-hmm. on the screen and then they were like I think I can steal that and yeah. do something with it <laughs> I can update that and I, make it better and make it mine yeah. and then next thing you know Buster Keaton is on the front of one doing the most spectacular moves you've ever seen in your life yeah he's still top three comedy actors of all time absolutely like 
fuck, man. His shit, I will go down a like rabbit hole on YouTube of just best of Buster Keaton. Yeah. Magical. He was a magician and, and a surgeon. Yeah. Like that timing and that, you know, and that's like that special thing that really does only come along once in, you know, every 50 years or something. There's one person like that who changes everything and who changes the game. Game changers are very rare, but there's no real new idea that no one's ever done before that, you know, like Buster Keaton was stealing from storytellers from the theater from the, you know, late 1800s. Yeah, Comedia. It was just like Arlecchino came through and he was Mm -hmm. like, I think I can be an Arlecchino. Exactly. Totally. So, you know, we can thread it all back through time. But who, but the most, okay, so who are the best comedic actors of all time? You, you, You start. Okay, I would say Buster Keaton. Yeah. Um, I would say... Man, it's hard because I feel like I feel like Jim Carrey is one of them because of what he did in such a short amount of time. Yeah. And how funny and talented he is still today, even though he transitioned into like Sandler, like all of them. They're like, mm, it, that just ain't me anymore. Yeah. My bones hurt. But his physical comedy his physical was comedy un- is untouchable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you watch like the scene not from his greatest movie but the physical comedy is untouchable when he is running having been shot by fucking darts yeah in Ace Ventura I think it's two isn't it two yeah yeah the blow darts hit him in each thigh <laughs> yeah and then hit him in the back yeah and then him in the back again yeah and he like is waggling his arms mm-hmm. Carol Burnett uh, I don't know enough of her stuff. I mean, that whole show, all the stuff that they did on that show, like she has a great Gone with the Wind thing where she makes a whole thing out of like curtains and she comes out with the curtain rod attached to her dress. And the physical comedy is just amazing. Uh, John Ritter, I would say, from wow. Three's Company. If we're just going down the line of physical comedians. Physical comedians. Yes, 100% yes. You know? Um, oh, man. Him getting out of a hammock might be one of the <laughs> funniest, funniest things. Or folding up an ironing board. Yes. You know? Oh my god! Like it's just so hard to do. I hope everyone listening is like also like opening tabs of shit like yeah. this to watch in case you haven't seen it. It's John Ritter might be number two for me because I feel like yeah I feel like what Ace Ventura what Jim Jesus Christ you know <laughs> the guy who plays Jim Carrey Ace Ventura <laughs> basically yeah. yeah I feel like in those movies where he was just allowed to go off and do it all he was incredible mm-hmm. but. John Ritter was able to do all of that and do physical comedy and give in the scene as well. Yeah. As take, I think he's a better actor. Oh, God. He was such a such an incredible actor. I mean, he, for me, when John Ritter died, that left a hole in my heart like Robin Williams, like that crazy, like, oh, God, we've lost, you know, like it, it was just, yeah, it was a crazy Ritter. loss. Robin Williams, too. Fucking amazing physical comedian. You think so? Yeah. Hmm. Especially when you, like, well, did you didn't watch Mork and Mindy. No, I didn't. But, like, if you watch, like, um, you know, uh, I mean, any of his specials, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I saw, I mean, his specials cracked me up. My dad was like, you gotta watch this. And, and I then, would watch it, and I would die. Birdcage, they all get to do great physical comedy in that. And Hank Azaria is a great physical comedian in that, where he just, like, has, you know, bits where he's just, like, not wearing shoes properly or whatever. That's so you know? funny. Yeah. The best physical, the best pratfall I've ever seen was Bill Murray. Oh. Hands down. In Scrooge, <laughs> um, he's walking up the stairs in Scrooge and it comes out of nowhere and it is delivered so hard, so well, so clean. And I remember rewinding it to just be like, that was the best pratfall I've ever seen in my life. And to this day, it still holds up. I would say also... Um, Fucking, you know, it's it's hard. I always want to come up with women, and like women weren't afforded as many opportunities to be funny because often they were there to be foils to the dudes who were, you know, yucking it up or whatever. But Kristen Wiig 
And so many things that she did would just like bring in the most amazing, weird physical bits. Yes. She's such turning a physical, off a lamp. Yeah. Liza Minnelli turning yeah. off a lamp. Yeah. Don't, don't make me sing. <laughs> <laughs> when she does the kickball chain. Oh and my then God. Like, I can't find the light. <laughs> ah, so good. She's, wow. Yeah. She is our, like our gen, our new physical comedian. She's genius. the Carol Burnett of our times. She, Brilliant. For sure. Fuck yes. She's, the, 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 she's inherited that, you know, my, my love as like looking for a, a fucking funny woman who could just like be elegant and beautiful and you can buy her as a queen or you can buy her as like a complete fucking idiot. Yeah. It's great. Don't make me sing is one of my favorite scenes of all time. Don't make me sing. <laughs> <laughs> and a one and a two and you missed it. Yeah. Um, I want to finish out the, uh, Danko's list because it's Caddyshack and then there's just two more. Pot scenes from 80s movies. There's Nice Dreams, which is a Cheech and Chong um, movie. And then his last one is Fast Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Classic. Yeah. 100%. Great fucking list. Yeah, Danko. Wow. Giving you all the scenes to watch while you're home in self-isolation. Hopefully with some good weed. I hope so. I love that too because, yeah, he put in the work on that. There's some great films in there. Yeah, he had a great time doing it. Fast Times at Ridgemont High for me, I had to see it twice. Because yeah. the first time I saw it, I was way too high to pay attention, but everyone was laughing, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't know, man. And the second time I saw it, I was like, oh, I get this. This is pretty good. You know, I have never seen The Big Lebowski in a state that I've actually gotten it, because I've always been too stoned. And then don't talk to Joel Hadley, because <laughs> oh, no. that dude has Converse sneakers with The Big Lebowski painted on him. Like, that is like the move for him. The first time I saw it, I got way too stoned and fell asleep. The second time I saw it, I was on mushrooms. And the third time I saw it, I was at a party, and I like kept leaving it all the important moments to go pee and everyone was like what are you doing and I was like I don't really care yeah that's sacrilege I know fucking sorry I mean yeah there is a festival <laughs> called the Lebowski Festival I know yeah I and I know it's brilliant I know I, I don't know. know if it is it doesn't do it for me either but it led me who did that one the uh Coen brothers the Coen brothers yeah. but it led me to find them and there were other films of theirs that I absolutely loved I Miller's Crossing is one of my all-time favorite fucking movies fucking yo the dude who shot that Barry Sonnenfeld mm-hmm. he when they read the script together Barry was like I want to shoot this it's basically just men in hats <laughs> And they were like, yeah. yeah, you get what it is. There's it's the, just men in hats. One of the most beautiful scenes of all time in that film uh, shot to Danny Boy with Albert Finney coming out of a house with a cigar in his mouth fucking and a Tommy gun. And Fuck Danny yeah. Boy is playing in the background. And he's, oh. Is that the one with chills. Turturro too running through the woods? Yes. Oh, man. What a fucking banger of a movie. Gabriel Byrne, the hottest. Hi, call me. <laughs> he is a smoking hot dude. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Foxy. <laughs> um, God damn. Yeah, the Coens are like. They're the ones. Yeah. Miller's Crossing was a great one. Did they do Raising Arizona? Yep. And They'd, Blood Simple. Blood Raising Arizona, I had to see. When I saw it when I was younger, I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. When I saw it like two years ago, I was like, oh, this is just Looney Tunes. Yeah. This is Looney Tunes with Nicolas Cage. And he Holly is, Hunter. And Holly fucking Hunter. Yeah. Man, when when Holly Hunter punches him and he goes towards the camera and it goes, I was like, this is so good. And her delivery house, she has that real tight and she just, everything's all locked down all the time. She doesn't really talk that much, but like, she's such a good actor. She's so good. Everything's real tight. And she, yeah. Will you say Holly Hunter. Will you say, um... Mm, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Holly Hunter, my Holly Hunter impression. <laughs> you, She's so good. Will you say we will survive this? This is our Independence Day. As a Holly Hunter yeah. impression? Yeah. What is that from? That's uh, Bill Pullman in Independence Day when he makes the big speech. Oh, okay. Um, we will survive this. This is our Independence Day. <laughs> 
if anyone has any, can I put you on blast? Sure. Any Holly Hunter in Raising Arizona requests, I will go off for an hour and listen to you do those. That's so fucking fun. I love doing impressions and impersonations, man. What's another so iconic? Much. Will you do Schwing? Oh, I don't know that. Uh, Wayne's World. Oh, as Holly Hunter? Yeah. I don't know if I can, because okay. that's just them going schwing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'll come up with some more, though. Yeah. I mean, you and I are going to be, like, locked up and recording fucking Weed and Grub. We need one more iconic line. Oh, um, I don't know. I can't think of anything right now. I'm just thinking of, like, fucking, uh, you know, I love the smell of napalm in the morning from <laughs> Apocalypse Now. Yeah, that kind yeah, of thing. yeah. Um, okay, one more iconic line. Something um, incredible. Something like that's not comedy from the drama section. Okay. Um, oh, let's do another Independence Day. Okay. Doesn't Will Smith punch an alien and go, Welcome to Earth, motherfucker? Sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> do the punch. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Welcome to Earth, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was bad. That was bad. That was bad. You got two takes. But I could do it. No, no. Okay, it's okay. cool. I'm that was good. great. I'm good. I want, yeah, I love doing Holly. Holly Hunter, she has that tight, like, you know, when she was in the piano with Harvey Cottel and just everything was so tight. And that whole film was about everything being buttoned up. I was like, she's the best actor on the planet. Yeah, she is. Yeah, fucking Coen Brothers. They cast fucking like the most ferocious tigers in all their movies. Frances McDormand and Holly Hunter being the two women who I've looked up to the most as like, you know, along with Tony Collette. That's the trifecta for me. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. They're like incredible fucking actors who knock everything out of the park and are never afraid to be weird or angry or ugly or fucking, you know, and also the most beautiful, elegant beasts and beings. Absolutely. Ooh. Ooh. Damn, yo. Yep. All right. Um, What else is happening out here? You're making me think of a lot of movies I want to watch. My brother's been sending me uh, Corona memes of toilet paper. Okay. And they're really funny. There's, you know how like 9-11 never forget? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So he sent me some earrings and they're made out of like tiny little beads and it's toilet paper and it's like commemorative toilet paper Corona earrings. Oh no. Yeah. That one was dark. I I shouldn't have let off with that. I shouldn't have let off. I just wanted to tell him thank you because he's been sending me so many fun memes and you know, to make light of something like this feels really fun. I got, I got one from my sister that was like, follow me for more recipes. And it's someone cutting a paper towel roll, paper towel roll. Shout out weed in half. <laughs> Look at these. Oh, God, those earrings are just crazy. I mean, I would even wear them. We'll drop all this shit with our app. Yeah. Um, yeah. You wouldn't wear those? I would wear them. Yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. Come on. Yeah. Oh, the recipe one's funny. And Holden posted one today that was TH-infused toilet tissue to calm your ass down. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, smoking. I was thinking about that. How funny will it be um, when we get through this and there's all those toilet paper rolls and then you have like doob tubes for the rest of your life. Yeah. If you're in an illegal state, but you want to smoke hella weed, just keep saving all those rolls, baby. Yeah. We're going to come out the other side of this goddamn thing and you're going to be able to smoke anywhere at all without repercussions. You mean uh, like making sploofs? Yeah. Yeah. Putting the little the dryer sheet, dryer sheet in the mm-hmm. toilet roll. Yep. Hell yeah. That's a bright side. Yep. That is <laughs> one bright side. <laughs> I think it's good. Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, everything is like the weed, weed delivery services are on the rise. You know, all those home delivery services are spiking. Yeah. Okay. That's a good thing. Yeah. You know, 
Well, can, I, in a lot of legal places, you can like order legal weed to your door now. This is the time when I wish I could just hop in my car with all the weed I have mm-hmm. and just like go to people's doors, like publisher clearinghouse in illegal states and be like, yo, I got you. Yeah. I got you. You know what I mean? Like, like I would even get the helium balloons, maybe mm-hmm. even mylar. I might spring for a mylar balloon. Oh, nice. You know, and then just come to their door like that. Or maybe like push. No, I can't push the balloon towards it. It would fly away. Um, yeah, I wish I could publishers clearing house. Oh, some fucking weed for people. You know, uh, when California went recreational in 2018, right before that, I was at a weed event where they were, I think it was maybe well, it was one of the weed delivery services. I don't want to shout out who, but they were using a drone to fly weed around the event and like you could order it and then they would drop it into your hand. And then when California put in their recreational laws, they were like, no drone delivery service. Yeah. I'm like, well, now you regret that, don't you? Bitch. Everyone needs drone delivery service. Yeah, they do. Just yeah. don't get your hand near the blades. No. Relax. Yeah. Fucking hell. Chill out. Chill out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I wonder what's going to happen. Like, now's the time. What's your hobbies right now? Are you a puzzle gal? No. No, I do crosswords. You do a crossword? Yeah, I love a crossword. Hmm. Pen or pencil? Uh, pen, I guess, but then I don't always get them right. And then I give up if I'm like, you know, like I'll only do them to the point where I know that I'm going to solve it. And if it's too hard, I give up. <laughs> yeah, to, for yeah. sure. But like, are these like New York times where it gets harder as the week goes? And yeah. by Friday, you've got like oaf, ash and asp and the rest of it. You're like, I don't know what the fuck. This yeah, is. I definitely like, I, I love up to a certain point and then I give up. I, like, there's no way I will even tackle a Saturday, but the Sunday is actually usually a good mix. That's awesome. You Sometimes know. I'll go on, I'll just hop on it. I'll buy an airplane ticket mm-hmm. just so I can do <laughs> Sky Mile Cross because I know I'm going to ace it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'll fucking knock that shit Those out. Those back of the seat games are always so bizarrely like difficult and really easy at the same time. Yeah. Like there was one that I did that was like, name the you know countries and the capitals around the world. And it was like weirdly, I was like, I know much less than I thought I did. <laughs> <laughs> also, who is getting 1099s from Sky Miles or whatever that fucking magazine is called? Yeah. There's got to, it's got to be a freelance system, right? Oh, for sure. To write that content? Yeah. Yeah. That's a bunch of freelancers. Yo, I just want to shout out all the 1099s out there that we, you know, don't think of on a daily basis. Yeah. That 1099 life, that freelance life where you're writing for Delta Sky, making up crosswords and jumbles and word searches and writing about margaritas in Cabo. Yep. I feel that. Yep. Yo. It's a freelance life. Yeah. How do you make a crossword, I wonder? It's a freelance life for Uh us. Um, How do you make a crossword? I don't know. Ask uh, Will Short. Who's that? He's the guy. He's the puzzle guy. The the Jack Handy of crosswords. He's he's the New York Times puzzle guy. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. I want to know what he looks like. Do you know what he looks like? No. Is he anonymous? I can guess what he looks like. Yeah, what's your guess? I think he is a um, white guy in his 40s with dark hair and glasses, no facial hair, fine features, high cheekbones, um, probably wearing a button down in his headshot, um, maybe holding a croissant. (laughs) So specific. How did I do? Wow, he does have a mustache, and all the rest was right. <laughs> mm-hmm. He is wearing a button down. He's holding pencils instead of a croissant. Wow, I fucking nailed it. <laughs> oh, shit. Mm-hmm. I never want to play Guess Who with you. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> it's another game over. Lasted one second. How fun. Wow. 
<laughs> I like that game. Guess yeah. what these people look like? Sure. Based I, on their name. Based on their That's name. That's hard. Yeah. Because every time I heard a radio DJ mm-hmm. growing up, I would like hear them and I would be like, oh, I have such a distinct picture of what they look like. And then I'd look and I'd be like, no. Oh, oh. I was way off. And I wish I didn't look at what this person looks like now. I, I had think, such a wonderful fantasy in my head and I ruined it. Well, I think that's why Casey Kasem was such a big, cool deal is because he looked exactly like his voice sounded. Like he was that like handsome with the super white teeth and like super dark hair and the California tan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He looked like a Pringles mascot. Sure. Yeah. Totally. Without the mustache. There was a great show called WKRP Cincinnati that probably you never saw, but it might have been like in reruns when you were a kid. But there was a great DJ on that show called DJ Johnny Fever, and he was played. I can't remember the actor's name, but he had like, it was like that seventies like long hair and like aviator glasses with the shirt like open to the navel <laughs> with the, like the big belt buckle and shit. No doubt, a that's little, how I like, thought. All the chest hairs going the same direction because he combs them in the morning before going to work. Totally, that's yeah. how I thought. Like most DJs, when I heard them growing up in Newfoundland, I was like, they all look like that. Yeah. 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 But no. <laughs> uh, we can't all be DJ Johnny Johnny Fever. No, it's true. DJ Johnny Fever, that's the name? DJ Johnny Fever. I feel like, yeah. That that's was... the show where Lonnie Anderson launched. Oh, cool. Yeah. She was like the hottie. What? Oh, I'm thinking of Lionel Richie. No, no. Lonnie Anderson. <laughs> no. Like, you know Lionel the blonde? Like... Do you know who Lonnie Anderson is? Uh... Oh, she was so fucking famous. But it was in the 80s because she was like this insane fucking blonde bombshell. And she married Burt Reynolds. And then they had this like wild tabloid fucking relationship that ended in like some insane divorce so a lot of cocaine and yeah I like don't know. orgies stuff like that just bad bad all over the place divorce shit yeah, yeah. untouchable hollywood stars who both feel at their most powerful mm-hmm. nothing can go wrong with that no no that's not toxic please but also i bet it was so fucking fun yeah but it was super hot yeah like that's the thing like all the hollywood tabloids where it's like this happened and then they cheated on each other and all this like yo if you had every door open for you all the time and could do no wrong mm-hmm. and tried to live a value and virtuous life but god damn it sorry every once in a while if i want to like live how and then let PR take care of the mess? Like, well, how can you be so mad at these people? That's what the, the sorry part, like, so, I think the, the main thing about it is that, like, in what world do you think any of them ever on either side ever says, I'm sorry? That's ever. There is nobody saying I'm sorry ever at any time. Like, I feel like unless they're, like, really working on it in some insane way that we don't know about and going to some, like, massive therapy and all that kind of... But that's never the case. Like, it's always one person flaming out and then the other person cutting them loose. And there's no sorry in that situation. No, to say I'm sorry means that you are not what the world perceives you as. Yeah, because you're fucking... Yeah, your paycheck and your ego and all of the friends who surround you are like, don't be sorry, fuck that person. And that's... I would tell myself that's how I got there. Yeah. Like, why would I change something that has, like, look at what it's done for me? Yep. Damn. It's crazy. So, like, recently, uh, Ben Affleck came out and gave this whole, like, really beautiful and vulnerable interview where he was like, you know, one of my greatest regrets is my divorce from Jen Garner and, like, da da da. And I was, I read it and I was like, eh, okay. I mean, you know, like, that's a, easy enough to say years out. But then I was like, no, it takes a huge, huge, huge effort to say that. That actually means that you've done a ton of work and you've been in a ton of therapy and you've actually also hopefully spoken to that person that you've heard about it first and not just announced it here in this interview because it like plays well or whatever, which I really truly believe. Like certainly, I don't know. I believed in the interview when I read it. I was like, oh, it does sound like he means it. And that's massive because you never hear anyone say it's like i'm sorry i made you feel that way or i'm sorry you feel that way right or i'm sorry that's how that played out but never like you know what 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry I hurt you. And I'm sorry that sucked. And I'm going to do better next time. And I wish you well. Damn. Such a big difference. Yeah. Such a big difference. The way you just laid out both of those, I was like, ooh, she's had a deal with each of them. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's like there's, there are a lot of different ways to say I'm sorry. And some of them mean something to me, at least. Yeah. The real ones. Yeah. The earnest ones. Yeah. By the way, bring those movies back. Oh, Ernest? Please. Ernest goes on vacation? Yeah. Who would you cast? Uh, Bill Hader. Yeah. He's the perfect Ernest. Mm-hmm. Ernest goes to jail. Ernest scared stupid. All of them with Bill Hader in there doing like his version of physical comedy. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, the, the I'm sorry thing, it makes me so uncomfortable. Sure. It makes me so like, I've, I fuck up a lot. And I say I'm sorry as much as I can when I mean it, but hearing hearing the way that you say there's like versions of it, I'm like, ooh-wee, have I said it before? Well, there are, like, again, there's so many ways to say it, and there's a really horrible thing that happens, I think, where you get backed into a corner and you feel like you have to apologize, and so you say it while resenting the person you're saying it to, and that's the worst thing to do, is apologize while feeling angry at the person you're saying it to. And I think, like, the person that I've learned most about about that is my friend Natalie who I said I was sorry to her about something recently like I was like oh sorry I said too much in that text or whatever and she just wrote back no apologies ever and I was like wow because she's one of the most like kind and compassionate people I've ever met but I think what she really meant was like no apologies ever unless they're completely necessary and you totally mean it and you know it's like something that has to happen yeah like don't just randomly say you're sorry not everything's amazing and great nope and don't like, and as a Canadian, especially too, I'm like, there's a lot of like, up, oh, whoop, up on my part that I was sort of like, you know, indoctrinated with to be like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And um, so I like that. No apologies ever, but also learn how to apologize when it's necessary, I guess. Yes. So. I like her a lot. She's great. Natalie Wise. Yeah. Damn. Natalie Wright. Right, but she's wise. Oh, she's right and wise. Yeah. Natalie Wise right. <laughs> You know Natalie Wise, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking famous brain. Dope. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she is. Mm -hmm. Fucking, mm, well, I'm sorry if I ever, if anyone is listening and they're like, I can't believe you did that. I'm, I, this is a blanket sorry. Is that okay? Can you do blanket sorries? Mm, No. No? No. It has to be intricate and specific? Case by case and pretty, like, only like, yeah, very specific. Oh man! Yeah, I know. I would love to give a blanket sorry for everything that I've ever done. I like that's what church is. Yeah, church is blanket sorries. Church is a blanket sorry. So if I go to church, I can just like and yeah, like knock them all out with one blanket sorry. But then never actually talk to the people that you really need to be talking to. No, we're all on the same string. Uh, sure. Right. But you're just talking to like you know God. God. Yeah. By saying sorry to God, but you actually need to turn around and say like sorry to the person who's truly mad at you. Who's <laughs> like also hey, next over to here. you in the pew. Hey, <laughs> um, you smashed my car in the parking lot. I don't know why you're saying sorry to God. Yeah, but I was just like apologizing real quick <laughs> to God about <laughs> backing into your fucking Camaro. Yep. So anyway, I'm cool. gonna go. <laughs> Got a dip. Call my insurance company. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. I, but I did apologize. I apologize to God. I said, I'm sorry to God. What do you want? <laughs> God heard me. God forgave me. I mean, that's honestly like part of the problem with that whole fucking evangelical crazy movement is like everything is forgiven and everything's okay all the time because God loves you and God wants you to be fucking 
whatever it is that you dream for yourself yeah, without any consequences. Yeah, it's crazy. It's the best. Yeah. I love that. Sure. I love like if I can live inside of a positive Instagram meme okay. at all times where everything's fine and I just have to trust the faith. and But there's also no repercussions if I'm evil. Right. As long as I drop a little cash and raise my hands and feel it. And I probably right. will feel it mm-hmm. because I got a lot happening inside me. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> feel the spirit. Yeah. I have. I went to a... I was dating this girl named Terry and we went to her big church she was small town missouri girl went to like the church of the town and it was popping crystal missouri something like that crystal mm-hmm. city popping church it was like they filmed it to be on on a tv live stream that day there's a live band you know they're getting close-ups of you and and her arms are in the air and she's dancing like crazy and i'm feeling weird because i'm jewish and it's easter but i try and like buy in with the band and the sweat and everyone doing it people are in the aisles running back and forth and i got swept up in a little bit of heat for sure mm-hmm. for sure i think other people want to be on tv but either way like that po- that collection plate was heavy by the end of the night yeah yeah you know the the antithesis and the opposite of that though like feeling the spirit in a group of people is something like when uh we saw britney howard play and she sang and she was like do you fucking feel the spirit right now and i was like i do and i know what tradition that comes from and that's a tradition of like gospel and soul and being in church and feeling like everyone sing and move together that i fucking believe in so i'm not like saying like i don't believe that kind of thing exists in in church at all but you know Sometimes it's meaningful to me and sometimes I doubt. Yeah. I just think it's cool that now I can say I'm sorry to God and that kind of like fixes it. Mm -hmm. That feels great. Yeah. It's confession. Blanket, blanket statements. Yeah. Blanket sorries. Where I'm from, you know, you get into a weird little cubicle with a priest behind a curtain and you, you know. What does the priest say in those situations? Do they ever like... Bless me, Father, for I've sinned. And then the priest says... But they hit you with how many Hail Marys to say mm-hmm. to like do it, right? Yeah, they give you your, your whole recipe for your penitence. It is. Oh, it's, a, it's an apology recipe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to say a certain number of Hail Marys and you have a rosary. And a rosary is actually a really amazing thing. My grandmother was a devout Catholic and she gave me her rosary when she died. And it's a certain number of beads. And every fifth bead is like, it's a prayer. So each, each bead is a prayer. So you can actually count your prayers and how many times you have to say you're sorry to God those beads help you count wow yeah it's actually really lovely that's cool it's a form of meditation do you yeah i was gonna say i feel like if you hit the rhythm and you know it by heart you can like yep. you can find a zen place of forgiveness within yourself because you kind of disappear inside it yeah and you're telling yourself that you're never going to do that again yeah mm-hmm. i'll tell you what there's something to that for sure there's something to that are we finding religion right now Damn. <laughs> hey you know whatever works at any time is something i'm interested in me too i don't like the idea that just because i was born as a i have to be a mm-hmm. like that's not fair totally. there's a lot of world out here to learn there sure is yeah I my was... friend alexis right now our friend alexis yeah she's doing yoga um live streams on her instagram mm-hmm. i can't recommend it enough if you need a like I would say world famous yoga instructor who has mm-hmm. taught all over the world and is now helping kids. And um, if you're looking for someone to guide you through some yoga right now, just something to do while you're sitting inside, at Alexis Novak, uh, 10 minutes, that's all these videos are. And uh, I'm going to start doing them for real, for real. Did she, is it at real Alexis Novak? Oh, is that what it is? I think her, yeah, I think she has a real in there. Okay. I'm going to look her up. Or Alexis cool. Novak girl. Well, hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> time to talk to God about. Alexis Girl Novak. Alexis Girl Novak. Yeah. Cool. That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, you know, whatever helps at any time is what I'm looking for. Yeah. Just breathing deeply, especially now. 
Um, I don't. I have huge works. problems with religion, but I have. But the problems I have with religion have to do with the people in charge of them and not the idea behind them. It's like Die Hard. When you look at like the people in charge of anything, they're fucking it all up, man. But the system, the guys who are on the ground, the grunts, mm-hmm. it, it works. It they works. save the fucking day. You're so right. You know, so like the FBI and the whoever and the fucking deputy chief of police and Die Hard, they fuck it all up and they make it all fucking worse. Don't listen to those idiots. Listen to the guys on the ground who know what's up. Listen to the yoga instructors and the spiritual practitioners and like learn how to breathe from them. Do what works for you. We'll all be fine. Fuck yes. That is like grow your own to the 10th degree. And grow your own. (laughs) That's like grow your own life. Yeah. Grow your own spirituality. Mm Mm-hmm. Grow your own identity. Grow like cook, grow your own weed. Cook some food. Make some pantry staples. You know, learn how to do some like really basic dishes right now. Learn how to stay, you know, in your own kitchen a little bit. And uh, yeah, we're all gonna be okay. Grow but just don't listen own. to the people in charge. <laughs> 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 Figure it out for yourself. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any other movies? I mean, so many, but we can't see any of them because we're on lockdown. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, well. I mean, well, I don't know. I can't talk about it right now. I have a bunch of screeners to watch. You do? From South By. Oh, well, let's watch. No, because then nobody wants to hear about that on air. A movie they can't see. Yeah, here's a short movie from India that you can't see. It was amazing. (laughs) Broke my heart. Go go Oscars 2021. Kill me. Yeah. Fucking kill me. Yeah. All right. Well, whatever. Should we go? Let's wrap. Okay. I need a snack. I yeah. Now that this weed has like t- run its course. Yep. Man, you know what I'm not into right now? What's that? And I've never liked. What? There's got to be a way to make bruschetta or crostini where it doesn't rip your mouth. Oh. There's got to be a version that doesn't cut me apart because i love i love both but they're too dangerous to eat it's all about the bread yeah but like right i I think part of that and there are so many people that i'm following on instagram right now who are baking up a fucking storm thug kitchen ophelia chong is fucking baking at home yeah follow them all dibs follow dibs dibs is a great cook yeah oh let me look let me look up dibs real quick so many people at home making great bread and I think the key to a great bruschetta or crostini is learning how to make your own like chewy, deep pocketed, perfect ciabatta or whatever the fuck it is that you want to make that then you can, you know, toast your own perfection because those store-bought, you know, breads are never going to, never going to treat you right. They're always going to rip a hole in your mouth. Fucking brutal. It's got to be fresh as fuck and uh, yeah, handmade. Toast one side. Yeah. God damn it. Dibs, dibs, stick. D-I-B-S. S-T-I-C-K. Okay. Great writer, great baker. Nice. Um, yeah, you're so right. The bread thing is like, mm, I don't know. Because even if you only toast one side, the crust is so, like, uh, barbed wire-y. I, why are you only toasting one side? Because I was thinking because then it's soft in the middle so that you don't have the whole thing. Hmm. Um, because that's the biggest part is like all those craggles when you toast both sides. Yeah. You know what is really fucking delicious? There's this ciabatta from Trader Joe's that if you get, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like, it comes in a four pack and if you get it and you like mix a bunch of fresh uh, minced garlic into it and then like stir that into some soft butter and then paint each side of the ciabatta and toast them face up under the fucking like 400 degree oven. Best garlic bread around. Fucking delicious. Delicious. Does the middle of it get too crispy where... Nope. It was all the... It was crispy, crunchy, buttery smackaroo. Ciabatta mm-hmm. bruschetta. 
That might be the move. She, well, she bought a garlic bread. Right, but I'm but trying to try, steal your idea yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, a movie yeah, yeah. and like use it for my own creation. Yeah. And I think that you could take the top and bottom of each one and you could spoon like a little tapenade and then cut it into four. Fuck yes. And make each one like a little amuse-bouche. Fuck yes. Or a canapé. Oh my God. Wait, this is such a... You know in like... Um, um, you know how they have like different types of pizzas where... Okay, fuck that. <laughs> My brain is racing. Why isn't there sectional garlic bread where you can get like, do you know, have you ever seen the tasty videos where they'll like put a grid inside of a baking sheet and like, it'll be two brownies, two cookies, two like blondies. And then they'll like put the whole thing in the oven and lift the grid. And then you have this variety brownie situation. Never seen that. Okay. I'm like, why don't they do that with garlic bread? Why isn't there like long, beautiful French loaves, but every like three sections is a new garlic bread situation. I think we've got a pop-up. Fuck, that would be good. Because then you can do like barbecue or buffalo chicken garlic bread, pesto garlic bread, and you can have the whole thing on one long loaf. Yeah. So people can pull their faves. Yeah. You can do nacho garlic bread. You can do pizza garlic bread. Yeah. You can do truffle garlic bread. Fucking truffle Monte Cristo. Yep. Because then you flop that top layer on if you really want to, and now you just well that's a that's more of a this is garlic bread that's a fucking sandwich (laughs) whoa 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 Whoa, you're going to sandwich territory (laughs) it's crazy that's crazy (laughs) wow holy shit that sounds good okay can you picture it I can picture it and what I'm picturing too is getting a little tomato paste and mixing that into the soft butter with the garlic and then spreading that on and having like a a, a sweet tomato garlic bread or maybe like a fucking chutney yeah. like a naan Ooh. like a garlic naan there's sitch that smells so good in my nose with some chutney yeah okay fuck and then you take that naan because then you pizza it <laughs> It's like the same as a long loaf, but instead you're pizza slicing the naan, so you can do like the chutney garlic bread yeah. slice. Yep. And you can just like build it like it's a pie. And then you do the one with like the jug, like that fucking spicy ass green. Hell yeah. You know? Like tiki masala garlic naan? Yep. Fuck my. Happening. <laughs> this is all happening. We have to make this happen, especially if we're like going to be hanging out in kitchens for the next couple of weeks and the cooking at home and stuff. I. This is it. Like, I love this. Yeah. Because I grew up on like, I love a dip, like a seven layer dip or a dip variety pack. Mm-hmm. I, we're a variety pa- pack society. It is a nation of people who want all of the things all the time. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. true. <laughs> what do you mean there's only one flavor? <laughs> this whole bag of chips is just one thing? <laughs> It's all salt and vinegar. Holy fuck. Yeah. This is amazing. Fucking okay. business opportunity. All. Once yeah. people can, you know. You can do broccoli. Ch- like you can like make, you know how the bread bowl soup thing is always a topic of discussion with us. Sure. But if you did like garlic loaf, chicken, not, uh, broccoli cheddar garlic bread. <laughs> okay. How good would that be? I don't know. Because then you have the garlic bread. You have a, like a little bit of that creamy, um, the creamy soup base. I and mean, then I- you have some little florets and then you have cheddar cheese melted on top of that with a drizzle of the broccoli soup is this a sandwich no it's just you're just saying garlic bread and then you're like doing gestures with your hands broccoli cheddar garlic bread okay so broccoli cheddar garlic bread is you have your classic garlic bread yeah right garlic french loaf slice broccoli florets that are um 
broken what's it what's not broken down what's it called when they sit in a fucking soup roasted oh um i don't know soup uh like soup blended made yeah, into soup you know what i'm saying i'm high yeah like where they're like soup tender okay broccoli florets broccoli soup tenders broccoli soup tenders <laughs> <laughs> on top of the garlic bread melted cheddar cheese on top of that okay and then instead of and the broth, that creamy broth that broccoli cheddar soup is in, that nacho broth, mm-hmm. that's your drizzle on top of that garlic Dude, bread. Dude, that's a fucking so sandwich. So it's like a deconstructed, no, it's deconstructed soup, but made better. Uh, it's, okay. You think that's a sandwich? Why? Yeah. It's a fucking sandwich. Pizza's not a sandwich. That's not a pizza. That's it's a the piece same idea. of bread with a bunch of stuff on it. And then another piece of bread on top. That's a sandwich, dude. There's no bread on top of it, though. It's just a drizzle. So it's an open-faced sandwich. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what was our argument about shattered nachos were a shattered sandwich? You said everything was sandwiches. Everything is a sandwich. Okay, so why the fuck are you fighting me on this? (laughs) Everything's a sandwich. I cannot believe that we've come around. This is, in fact, weirdly, I think this might be our one-year anniversary of that very conversation because we're coming up on two years of this podcast. No. Yeah, and a year ago, maybe, for our anniversary app, I think even, we had that everything's a sandwich fucking conversation. Stop, really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Where I was like giving you different things and you were telling me how it could all be sandwiches. Right. And the fa- my favorite sandwich. was I was like nachos and you were like shattered sandwich. <laughs> God damn it. Mike. Yeah. Spaghetti. Yeah. Just a fucking chaos sandwich. Chaos sandwich. <laughs> so. Loose sandwich. You're talking about a sandwich right now. I am talking about a sandwich. Yep. I still stand by my broccoli cheddar soup garlic bread idea. But yes, it is a sandwich. It does sound it delicious. It is an open face sandwich. Amen. It's all open face. Amen. Fucking pizza garlic bread. Yeah. Fuck me. What's your topping? For what? For this garlic bread thing. Oh, my. I we really, need ranch on it? I really want like a white garlic bread truffle sitch. Nobody goes white enough. Yeah. Like, the, you know, Agreed. that like beautiful sort of like soft goat cheese, maybe even a little yeah. goat. Would no, clams a, go good on garlic bread? Yeah, I feel like. Sure. Well, because like. What's I love the, a clam. What's the. There's a garlic situation for seafood usually, right? With yeah. With shrimp always. scampi. Oh, and yeah. All that bullshit. Everything. And lobster. like clam linguine, all that stuff. Tons so there's got to be lobster garlic bread out there. Sure. There's no way there is. That's not a new it's idea. Probably like a lobster roll situation somewhere. Okay. Yeah yeah. 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 Ooh, but like clam, white clam. I don't know if I would have clams on mine. I would good. say like my ideal garlic bread, if I could have it in my mouth right now, would be uh, sauteed mushrooms, butter basted, like hen of the woods mushrooms with a little bit of thyme uh, on top of some garlic bread with some like crumbled fucking goat cheese and then like a little drizzle of white sauce. That sounds amazing. Which is a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I love this pop-up, though. Yeah. You just, because all your, because, oh my God. And we could make it vegan. It would yeah. be totally possible. Well, we'd have vegan options. You have to have vegan options. Yeah. Some crispy tempeh, mm-hmm. things like that. Oh, and just that mushroom thing. You could do it with olive oil and like no cheese and it would be fucking delicious. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I, we need vegan options because you can make like a tofu banh mi. Oh, yes. Garlic bread. But the brilliant thing of this <laughs> is that. All you need is great garlic bread, mm-hmm. and then you have your little, like... Your little guy, your little your vehicle? Little, yeah, your little baby, like your Chipotle layout uh-huh. Uh-huh. for your garlic bread. Yep. And then you can have them, like, build each section for you. Oh, I love that. Is there a garlic bread restaurant? 
That's what I'm saying. I don't think so. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay, good. I don't I'm, think there I'm on is. Board. Because then you go down the line, you're like a little bit of chicken on section three, a little bit of pesto. Okay. A little bit of Parmesan. All right. All right section four. Mm-hmm. Right? And then you have like, you can have like your veggie section. Give me you a meatball. Be <laughs> Fucking put a meatball on section five. Yeah. Yeah. And then they take the whole thing and they slide the whole thing in the oven. Right? Yeah. Heat it up in that. 800 degree mm-hmm. slide it back out yep. toasted perfect because all you're really doing is heating everything up and melting the cheeses are you listening nancy silverton this is fucking brilliant <laughs> and then they they close the lid yeah and if you want the sections cut cut into those sections you can do party garlic party yeah bread yep or you could just eat it in your car in the parking lot which is what i would fucking do <laughs> I love it. I would get the party garlic bread and then I would take it to my car <laughs> and I would eat a third of it there and then I would get the rest home and I would eat it over the sink. <laughs> That's so good. Not to say that I can't have a party and eat with manners and napkins, but I'm just saying this sounds so good. That's such a, I'm so into this idea. Me too. And also I love the like R&D for it because mm-hmm. we have to find the perfect bread, the perfect butter. I think the we're making garlic. that bread. Oh, I bet you're right. Are you... we going to find that purveyor? There, I mean, there are so many people around making I mean, amazing bread. Nancy Silverton. Hello. Lodge bread. Yeah. All the places. It has to be French, though. Well, bread? Oh, oh, I guess that's the Subway way, right? The Subway way is you have like different types of loaves, all but they're the all the same breads. shape. Mm-hmm. So if you make like a pumpernickel loaf, you mm-hmm. could have like deli options for it, like a garlic pumper. I don't know if pumper. Yeah. Rye, garlic I think garlic rye bread would be delicious. Ooh, yeah. Like, I love the idea of a pumpernickel rye garlic bread with some, like, fucking toasted, like, pepitas, seeds, and, like, a drizzle of, like, some really fucking pungent olive oil with some, like, canned, you know, or not canned, but some, like, really um, intense olive situation. And maybe some, like, uh, I don't know, like, cured fish. Yes. That sounds great. Doesn't that sound good? Yeah. And I would go, I would do, like, a kraut Oh, you know what I mean? Like if it was like pumpernickel crazy. rye garlic bread oh, with like so much better than a my little idea. bit of, I'm not a big pastrami fan, but mm-hmm. whatever that thin sliced deli meat is sure. with a little kraut on it, a little Russian dressing. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're, you're classic. I was mm, trying to be melt weird. That, melt that mozzarella on top of that garlic loaf. Yeah. Pumpernickel rye garlic loaf. Fuck off. Yep. Stab me in the face. Stab me in the fucking face. Yeah, punch my dick for this one. Hmm. Um, all right. I mean, honestly. Oh, and then you do the non situation. Yep. But I. But is it is it disconcerting to make a non loaf? It won't work. Yeah. No. Not. It's a flatbread. It's a flatbread. Mm-hmm. It has to always. Be. Yep. Okay. It's well, a wide flat. It is a wide flat. <laughs> <laughs> always wide. Always flat. With the big pockets and bubbles. And you don't. Can really... you make a ten inch non? Oh yeah. 12 inch non? Well, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, sometimes they come, depending on where you order them from, they have those big ovens and they pop them out and they're like snowshoe sized. Totally. You know? So, okay. Because yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to like, what's it called when you take something that's not yours? Appropriate. I don't want to appropriate non into pizza. Right. And be like, oh, and then we put some <laughs> hey, fucking pepperoni on it. Buffalo wild wing non. <laughs> yeah. That's the best. <laughs> that's so funny. There's like. <laughs> Every, hey, are you want, fucking... do you want to be a chain restaurant? Yeah. Better appropriate everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, Panda Express did it. <laughs> Yo, that's so fucked. Yeah. Chili's. Oh. Fucking Trader Jose's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Okay. Everyone's out there yeah, trying. I don't want to, I don't want to appropriate non into an Italian region. Heard. 
but but someone out there has done it in a better way than we can yeah and fusion shit is actually mad cool like and that's that's something that happened that was an appropriation that was in the 80s really in the culinary world was fusion that was like the beginning of like ooh, what is it it's peruvian mexican fusion or it's you know french asian fusion and a lot of those like the great chefs actually made their you know mark like um japanese, Jean-Georges yeah and, japanese you know, french is one of my favorites yeah jean georges van gerichten i checked coats at his restaurant um mm-hmm. he, that's how well huge part of it was like he was introducing like japanese and asian dining fucking culture and cuisine into the french like, a french culinary technique world. with japanese ingredients yep. and flavors it's the best thing you'll ever eat in the fucking i think so in your whole life yeah fuck so fuck 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, word. So fusion not- is okay. Appropriation. <laughs> it's a fine line, but fusion is okay. Yeah. Okay. Appropriation is not. Correct. Cool. Cool. I mean, yeah. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then some Applebee's marketing guy is like, well, just call it fucking fusion. What's the fucking problem? I think we're saying the same thing here. <laughs> it's I don't called, know where one begins it, and the It's other called end. Irish potato famine tater tots. Uh, great. And we're putting them on top of tiki masala and it's a fusion just who the fuck cares a little mexican queso it's (laughs) fine who cares so what 17.99 it's a great margin just do it (laughs) yo no that got dark well i'm hungry oh sorry what i'm take it back don't Don't say yeah you're not sorry i'm not sorry okay i'm ready i should have just said okay all right fine you're out of here i yeah i've gotta go eat um this has been great. This has been fun as fuck. No Thank edits, you so right? much. No edits. No edits. Yeah. Please. And I was just going to say sorry to anyone who's listening who wanted us to edit, but I don't mean it. Nope. No apologies ever. Yo. And I don't mean it because, you know, we're a little freewheeling today because that's that's how we that's how we are. That's how we be. I have to be. I mm-hmm. have to, if I don't feel free right now, it's going to be tough. <sighs> Yo, oh, no, I don't want to be downer. Fuck no. that. This has been great. Yeah, it that's has the, been great. That's the key. And I'm so stoked to like sit here with you and talk and just yap and like honestly it lifts my spirits and soul so much. So thank you. Thank you, Mary yeah. Jane. I hope we lift a bunch of spirits out there. Thanks Look, everyone for listening. What else are you going to do, you know? Come on, what are we doing? We're going to drop another hot one later this week and talk about some more things that we want to, you know, muse over food and weed and culture and whatever the fuck else is going on in the world. This is it. Yep. Follow us. Follow us at Weed and Grub on Instagram. DM us. Show us your fucking pantries. Show us what you're cooking. Oh, Yo, I love that idea. Show us your fucking, you know. Let's like, be pantry pals. Let's be pantry pals. That's awesome. You know, like uh, at Cannabis Edibles 420, Elise McDonough mm-hmm. is like reading her pantry right now and cooking up some amazing stuff and sharing all the recipes on her IG. Yeah, find some fucking fun people to follow. Thug Kitchen, too. They're, like, stress baking over there. Hell, yeah, they are. And they're making delicious-looking stuff. Those cinnamon rolls. Oh, my God. Yeah. So drippy. And they made them vegan, too. They took a non-vegan recipe, flipped it on its ear, and Always made a vegan. vegan version. Yeah, and I didn't know until I was watching their IG story, the um, substitution for eggs is flax seeds and almond milk. And... I can't fucking find eggs anywhere right now in LA. It's like a a huge egg along with so many other things. People are, you know, there's a shortage of a lot of stuff. So if you don't have eggs, follow Thug Kitchen and see what they do. Yeah, that's a great tip. Yeah. Like the vegan version might be out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Like I wouldn't scramble it, but (laughs) you know, sub it into your baking. Fucking fascinating. Yep. Word. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.